Hey, my name is Joe Boone, and uh, this is my family. Hey, I may need some help on this right here. Yeah, this is my family. Um, I've been married to my wife, Jonna, coming up on 10 years now. And maybe be on, on the game, uh, go down a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I've been married to my wife, Jonna, for 10 years. And we got four kids, six all the way down to 10 months. And uh, so we kind of got a chaotic house, but it's fun. And... Um, but I'll kind of introduce you to them. So my youngest son, Mathis, is on the left, and then Aniston in the middle, Ellery right there, and then Jay, my oldest, uh, is a namesake. So uh, I'm Joseph Craig Boone IV. He's the fifth. And um, but yeah, that's my family. And so I want to tell you a little bit about myself. So um, I got a smartphone for the first time when I was 17 years old. Like, is that kind of crazy? That's kind of old. I was one of the latest of my friends to even get a phone. Uh, but real quick, I want you to talk to your, the person next to you. When was the first, like, how old were you when you got your first smartphone? <laughs> All right, bring it back in. Bring it back in. I want to hear it. Who thinks they were the youngest person to have a smartphone? How old were you? Yell it out to me. Eight, Eight years old. Anyone beat that? We got someone back here? Anyone beat eight? That's insane. So my son, he, he's six years old. He's in uh, going in, or he's in kindergarten right now. And I know just maybe next year or the next, he's going to be in a class with kids that have smartphones. And, and it blows my mind thinking back to myself when I was 17 years old. First iPhone came out, 2007. And I'm 17 years old. And, and it blew my mind thinking that I have all this access to pretty much unlimited information. It blew my mind. And, uh, but here's another thing. You know, I, I've only had a, a smartphone since then, 2007. Uh, but I am addicted to my iPhone. Like, I'm addicted to this thing. Like, it, it is always with me. And, and one way I know that I'm addicted is I have the phantom buzz. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you, you feel it in your, in your uh, leg and you pull it out. And you're like, oh, nothing there. Nothing there. I, I thought I was popular, but there's nothing there. Um, and what about this? Have you experienced, like, uh, the honk at the stoplight? You see, I, I tend to, at a stoplight, you know, I, I lean over, get the phone out, start doing my thing, and then the person behind me tells me that it's green. You know, I'm that guy. Like, I, I hold everyone up. I, I get the person in the back to, to miss the light. And then... What about this? The, you're hanging out with someone for lunch, and you get a text or you get a phone call, and, and like you're you're behind the table, you pull your phone out and you do the little like the side eye, trying to see check on what it is, so you're not like really disconnected with the person in front of you. I do it. I, I'm addicted to my iPhone, and you know, it's not just me. Like you're addicted to your iPhone. You you just are. You're addicted to your iPhone, and, and, and maybe you have some resistance to that. Maybe you're like, ah, I, I don't think I'm that bad. I, I wouldn't put the label addicted to my iPhone, but I think the reason is because we start looking around at everyone around us. You start thinking about my friends, and I'm like, ah, my media usage is not as bad as that person. Like, I, I'm not as bad as my best friend, or I'm not as bad as my parents. Like, they're glued to their Facebook, like just... They're, they're all about it. And we've got to remember that our, our peers, the people in the world, 
that's not the standard. You see, Paul, he reminds us in 2 Corinthians, I love this verse, 2 Corinthians 10, 12. It says this. There we go. <laughs> Just to reaffirm that I am addicted to my phone. But uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 12. When we measure ourselves by one another or compare ourselves to one another, they're without understanding. He's telling us, if you're looking around trying to make the other people the standard and just say, hey, I'm a little bit better than them, you're without understanding. You see, that's not our goal. And really quick, I want you to, you got a handout, and there's all these yes or no things on there. We're going to go through this smartphone compulsion test. Uh, it's by a guy named uh, David Greenfield. He put this together. He's the founder of the Center for Internet and Technology Addiction. And, and as you read through these questions, just first thought that comes to mind, I want you to circle yes or no whenever you read through these. Okay, so first one. Do you find yourself spending more time on your smartphone than you realize, yes or no? Number two, do you find yourself mindlessly passing time on a regular basis by staring at your smartphone, yes or no? Three, do you seem to lose track of time when on your smartphone, yes or no? Do you find yourself spending more time texting, tweeting, emailing, as opposed to talking to them in person? Yes or no? Has the amount of time, let's see, has the amount of time you spend on your smartphone been increasing? Yes or no? And then number six, do you wish you could be a little less involved with your smartphone? Yes or no? Seven, do you sleep with your smartphone turned on, under your pillow, or next to your bed regularly? Yes or no? Eight, do you find yourself viewing and answering texts, tweets, emails at all hours of the day and night, even when it means interrupting other things you're doing? Yes or no? Number nine, do you text, email, tweet, or surf the web while driving or doing other similar activities that require your focus, attention, and concentration? Yes or no? Number 10, number 10, do you feel your use of your smartphone decreases your productivity at times? Yes or no? Number 11, do you feel reluctant to be without your smartphone even for a short time? Yes or no? Number 12, do you feel ill at ease or uncomfortable when you accidentally leave your smartphone in the car or at home, have no service, or have a, have a broken phone? Yes or no? Thirteen, when you eat meals, is your smartphone always a part of the table place setting? Yes or no? Fourteen, when your smartphone rings, beeps, or buzzes, do you feel an intense urge to check the text, tweet, email, or updates, etc.? Yes or no? And then fifteen, last one, do you find yourself mindlessly checking your smartphone many times a day, even when you know there's likely nothing new are important to see, yes or no? Okay, real quick, total up your yeses and put it at the, uh, in that blank on your handout. <laughs> okay, hey, do we have any perfect scores? Like a 15? 15, yeah. There we go, okay, so. Hey, I'm going to give you your results real quick. So look at this with me. If you, if you said yes to one or two, one or two, that's normal. 
but you should consider making some changes. Okay, if you are, if you had three to four, is leaning towards problematic. If you had five or more, you likely, it's likely that you have a problematic or compulsive phone use pattern. Okay, and then, hey, did anyone have less than five? Yeah, that's, it's unrealistic. Okay, eight plus, eight plus. You should consider seeing a psychologist who specializes in behavioral addictions. Okay, raise your hand if you just found out you need psychiatric treatment. Yes, everyone in this room needs psychiatric treatment. That's crazy, right? So here, here's the reality. We all need help. And we realize it. We realize just how distracted we are and the negative effects, we've felt them. And I'm going to share some of those with you and probably call out some of the things that maybe you didn't know were going on, but you feel them. And then give you some practical help on how to move forward with this. So um, real quick, I want you to get your phone out. And this is going to be really tempting, really tempting. But I want you to open up your phone to go to your settings and I want you to look at your screen time real quick. Look at your screen time. And, and hey, I'm talking to iPhone users. If you're a, an Android user, like you, you've got serious problems, right? Like, is there, are there any green textures in here? You can't trust them. You just can't. So hey, open up your, your phone, go to settings, go to screen time. And I want you to scroll down. Look at that time, hours, minutes. And, uh, okay, so right now I've got a two hours and 17 minutes screen time on average. Like, that's my, my weekly average. And then I want you to look at what are the, your daily average pickups. Like, how many times you, you pick up your phone and you just stare at it? How many times? Write it down. All right, bring it back, bring it back. Okay, so... Hey, when you look at this, uh, you may feel uncomfortable because you're like, golly, that's a really high number. And you may be embarrassed. You may be thinking, oh, that's, that's not as bad as I was thinking. But wh wherever you are, whether you're like, that is incredibly unhealthy, you're like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm at a reasonable level. You can take a step forward. And uh, really, all this is is telling you where you're at. It's like you're facing the brutal facts. This is my reality of how I use media, how I use my phone, and now it's just time to take a step forward. So uh, here's something I want you to keep in mind. Like, what is our aim? And our aim, it's not simply to have a, a lower number. It's not simply to have a lower number of screen time. Our aim is to become more like Christ. Like, we're wanting to become more godly, more like Christ. And yes, I think your screen time can can impact that, but really, we've got to have that as our aim as we try to use media in a healthy way. And so we're going to look at a couple of verses. Ephesians 5 says this, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. But sexual immorality and all impurity, covetousness, must not even be named among you. Let there be no filthy, filthiness or foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these is the thing, the wrath of God come upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, 
do not be partners with them. You know, those first few commands, they, they're not written in reference to your media use. But gosh, when I, when I read through those verses, like, that is social media. Like, that's what it's filled with. And, and Paul gave us a very clear instruction. It's like, don't partner with that. Don't be influenced with this. Instead, be imitators of God. He goes on, he says, walk as children of the light. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Look carefully then. And so, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Okay, so we aim to be imitators of Christ. That is our aim. That's what we're shooting for. Uh, in this area, and, and whatever we place in front of our eyes is what's going to really make us and turn us into who we're becoming. Uh, and go, so the next verse, I love this. Paul says in Romans 12, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. I'll repeat it, in view of God's mercy. So look, what you're looking at, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so, here's a question for you. What's in your view? Like, what are you looking at day in, day out? You know, those, the, the amount of time that you open up your phone. Like, what's the thing that you most often go to? What's shaping your view? What's, what's trans- what are you being transformed into? That's our view. So there's some effects that our digital distraction is having on this. And, and you probably know this, uh, but it's, it's not a question as of if we're having negative consequences of our media usage. Like it, it is very clear. All the studies say it's not if, it is what are the negative consequences that you're experiencing. And uh, I, I love what Catherine Price says. She's a woman who wrote a book called How to Break Up with Your Phone. Now she says this. It was a fascinating book. So you can read, read this quote with me. It says, if you want to in, uh, invent a device that could rewire our minds, if you wanted to create a society of people who are perpetually distracted, isolated, and overtired, if you wanted to weaken our memories and damage our capacity for focus and deep thought, if you wanted to reduce empathy, encourage self-absorption, and redraw the lines of societal etiquette, you'd likely end up with a smartphone. Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> it's like, I see that. Like, that is our culture to a T. And she's refer- referencing a smartphone. Like, not all the apps and everything that c- comes along with it, just simply owning an iPhone. Those are some of the things you'll experience. And it's not just what I see in the world. I see it in myself. Like, I experience all of that. And, and when I speak about media, I'm talking about, bro- in broad terms, just all of this. It's like social media, streaming services, podcasts, all of it. Everything is influencing you, and, and you access it through your phone. And, and from the research available, I said this earlier, but it, it is directly linked to depression, anxiety, stress, and loneliness, uh, meaning the more you use the more depressed, the more anxious, the more lonely, the more stressed you are. 
it is directly correlated. The more you use, the more it goes. The less you use, the less you experience. And what's even more dangerous is the, the new type. Y'all wouldn't consider this new, but the new type of media called short-form media. Uh, it's on Instagram. You, you call it Reels, YouTube. It's called Shorts. Uh, and TikTok, it's the platform's dedicated to this type of media. And um, the damaging effects uh, of this type of media has been deemed TikTok use disorder. Uh, TikTok use disorder, but really you could just replace the name with short form media, like those short clips. And, you know, it's, it's interesting around the world, uh, there's governments that are putting legislation in, in place to limit this. Uh, and so in China, they, they put laws in place that uh, puts a daily limit on minors of 40 minutes a day that they can access TikTok. And, and the app completely shuts off from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. in the morning. Like completely shuts off. You cannot access it uh, because they've, that government, they've realized just how toxic that short-form media can be on our brains. And, you know, by simply partaking in short-form media, you're going to experience more depression, more anxiety, more loneliness, and more stress. Uh, but it goes further than that. There's some spiritual implications. Uh, and this is on your handout. By simply partaking in short-form media, you decrease your capacity to memorize. And, and that's uh, very apparent. It's like, hey, I want to memorize Scripture. I, I want to conform to the Bible, be transformed by it. Well, part of doing that is going to take memorizing the Word and, and learning it so I can take it out throughout my day and use it. Next thing, it decreases your ability for prolonged attention. It takes a lot of effort to, to meditate on Scripture, to, to study Scripture and, and learn uh, how to understand it. Like it. It can be a confusing book, so it takes time and prolonged effort. In short-form media, it destroys our ability to focus. And the last thing, it says it increases your craving for novelty. And novelty is just meaning something new, like something new that I can go to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Here's the, the reality of the Christian faith. You have one book, one book that you've got to study for the rest of your life to know God. Like, it, it's, a, it's a great book, but, man, you, it's not novel. Like, you're, you're not going on to all these different books. It is one book that God has revealed himself to you in. And the way to spiritual maturity is not flashy. It's a slow daily grind of doing the same thing, of reading the Bible and trying to go apply it in your life. Okay, so it, it decreases your ability in all those areas. Uh, you just heard about Kaleo and, and that opportunity. And, and being completely honest, every one of these areas were increased the first time that I went uh, to Kaleo. I learned all the skills of, uh, of having... Uh, a better memory, like how to memorize scripture. I learned the skills of study and, and being focused and trying to learn what God has to say in the Bible. And so that truly is an incredible opportunity if you want to increase and not go backwards in all of these areas. Kaleo could help you in that. But I think it goes way deeper than all these three consequences. Like it, it's way more complicated than that. And I love what Neary Yall says in, um, in Indistractable. And there's no way I said that right. Um, this guy's name, but here's what he says. Uh, most people, they don't want to 
to acknowledge the uncomfortable truth that distraction is always an unhealthy escape from reality. Always an unhealthy escape from reality. How we deal with the uncomfortable internal triggers determines whether we pursue healthy acts of traction or self-defeating distractions. I, I love what he says there. It's like, are you having traction towards who you want to become or distracting yourself and becoming someone you don't want to be? And, and so he compares those two things. And that, that's on your handout, but just distraction are actions that move us away from who we truly want to be. And then traction are the actions that are moving you toward who you want to be. And like I said before, our aim is to become more like Christ. And so we're going to be talking about some of these actions that are that are going to gain some traction to become more godly. So, but think about this. You, I mean, you've experienced those, those distractions versus tractions, but after a long day of class, you're coming back, get to your dorm room, get to your, your house. Have you ever found yourself glued to a TV screen watching the series or glued to your phone just scrolling? Over and over and over again. I, I know I have. I got, after a long day, it's easy just to numb out and do something that feels like mentally easy. But here's my opinion. I, I think a phone is an incredible tool. Like it's an amazing tool, but we need to view it as such. A tool. It's like if you saw me using a uh, a shovel to to open a door or, or keep it open, like that would be foolish. It's like we've got a doorstop for that. Don't use a shovel for that reason. A lot of people use this tool as their primary means of, of engaging with other people. And they feel awkward around a, an actual human. And but this is a tool that can be used to engage with other people. And get us there to the face-to-face -face interaction that we crave. Um, but here, here's what we're going to talk about. So uh, real quick, in with the people around you, I want you to discuss. What ways have you experienced the negative effects of your phone addiction and digital distraction? And then what are the actions of self-defeating distractions that you regularly partake in? All right, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back, y'all. Okay, so those are all the, the negative effects, and we can go on and on about that, but I, I want to help y'all get some traction in, in this area of life. And so to beat digital distraction, I want you to create a rule, a digital 
rule of life, uh, which basically just, it's, it's guidelines or, or a, a way to live to set you up for success. And so uh, here's the first thing. Curate your media to 10 hours per week. It's on the back of your handout. Curate your media to 10 hours per week. And when I say curate, that's meaning I, I, I thoughtfully choose something. Like think about art. It's like a curator. They, they go around trying to find the best piece to put in, the, in an art exhibit. But you curate, you, you try to thoughtfully choose and carefully organize the media that you partake in. And so, again, when I'm talking about media, uh, I'm talking about all those social media, your, your streaming services and, and podcasts. All of those are involved. Um, and, and you can pick your own limit uh, to this. That 10 hours is arbitrary. But really, whatever you do, I want you to scale back. Make it to where you actually have to choose, and it's not just this free-for-all, like whatever comes to mind, I just go do, I partake in. Thoughtfully choose, pick a, pick a limit on yourself that, hey, this is as much as I can, I can partake in throughout the week. Because when I have limitless media usage with no purpose, anything's game. Anything is fair game, and, and there's no standard that I stick to that, that kind of makes the cut of what's, what's really good for me, what's going to benefit me in my life. The book of Proverbs, it, it personifies uh, lady wisdom, lady folly, uh, in the first nine chapters of the book. It, it's phenomenal. You should read chapters one through nine because it, it just paints this picture of a person that lives a wise way and a person that lives uh, in an unwise or a foolish way. But I love it because he, he talks about wisdom being one who carefully looks how he walks, carefully chooses how he lives, and then the foolish one doesn't think a thing about it. Just does whatever catches his eye in the moment. Folly, uh, the woman folly speaks loudly and and tries to beckon people to come in and and really walk away um, into destruction in their life. But in today's world, you, folly shows up in a lot of ways. Uh, in, in my mind, folly shows off uh, shows up on Netflix, in the you know, the the five second timer on watch the next thing five, four, three, two, and and you just go to the next one, not even thinking about should I keep watching, even though I've watched five already. Should I, should I go to the sixth? I don't know. Woman folly says whatever, just do it. You know, it's on the recommended for you. Uh, it's on the suggestions. It's on Instagram, the For You search page. Like, woman folly shows up all over the place, making sure that you don't think carefully about how you partake in media. So when you go online, you must have a purpose or you're going to get sucked into everything that woman folly tricks you into, and you'll realize it too late. So I love Proverbs 9, 16 through 17 says this. Or actually, hey, look at this. So um, this is just a, a simple, thoughtful thing. It's like check social media, set time frames that you'll do it. It's like you've been in that moment where you're like, you're swiping down. It's like, is something new going to come up? It's like you've been there, right? Raise your hand. Yeah, have you ever done that? Yes, you've done that. Because you, you're, you're looking for something new. You're like, I've been on here for an hour, but n- nothing else is there. So I go, I go somewhere else, searching for the novel Thing to come up. Pick a time that you can, uh, you can set for yourself to look at social media um, and make all your media consumption a social thing. 
Friday night movie night. Watch a series with people, not just on your phone, in your bed to make you go to sleep. Like make it a social environment when you're partaking in media. And then uh, listen to, yeah, choose a, a series of podcasts that you're going to go through, but just pick a, a single day to do it. Um, but yeah, Proverbs 9, 16 through 18, it says this. Maybe it's not on there. Whoever is simple, let him turn in there. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet. And bread eaten in secret is pleasant, but he does not know that the dead are there and her guests are in the depths of Sheol. Basically, woman folly, she's leading you to death. She's leading you not to the good life, but the one that's taking from you. So when you go online, ask yourself, what's my goal here? What am I looking for? Is it for a specific purpose or just out of habit? So the art of curation, you can do that um, First, by choosing intentional times uh, when you actually partake in media. Next, choosing great lists. Create great lists. Create favorite lists on all of your uh, streaming portals and, and on, uh, on Spotify or Apple Music. Create lists that you can go to and, and not just be in this, like, I don't know what I'm going to watch or I, I don't know what I'm going to look at tonight. Like We've all, we've all been in that moment where you're just kind of, paralyzed by, I don't know what I'm going to look at right now, so I'll just scroll and, and see what happens. Uh, and remember this, I, I love this quote, it's corny, but the scroll kills the soul. Just don't do it. Don't let yourself be wandering uh, through media. And then lastly, pick, a, pick a, weekly, a weekly limit of your media and stick to it. Pick, pick that limit and stick to it. Maybe it's 10 Maybe it's 15, 20, whatever it is, limit yourself so that you have to curate and choose. Next thing, slow the flow, slow the flow of information. So in 2003, Google, they put out that every couple days, they were creating five exabytes of, of data. And just to put it in, in perspective, uh, in all of human history, the word spoken out loud is about five exabytes of data. All of human history, the word spoken, five exabytes. Google was putting on, in 2003, online every couple days, five exabytes of data. A couple years later, um, or I guess just a couple years ago, they said we're doing that every few minutes. Uh, every few minutes, five exabytes of data, and, and now it, it's creeping down into less than a minute. That much data going online and accessible right here. I can access every bit of that right in my front pocket. And that's dangerous. It's like when we have that amount of access to, to data, information, um, it can make us sick. Think about it, overeating. You do it once, doesn't matter that much. You do it on a daily basis, you're going to reach a gut. Like it, you're going to get bigger, and, and it'll make you sick. Same thing with information. You, you overeat once on information, no big deal. You do it on a regular basis, you're going to get sick. You're going to get unhealthy. So here's my proposal. Slow the flow of your, um, of your media by getting on a low-information diet. A low-information diet. So podcasts, they've become many people's like most used media throughout the week. Some uh, Gen Z, so that's this room, 
uh, it's people on average in Gen Z listen to about 10 hours of podcasts. You may be on the low end of that. You may be way more than that. Uh, but that's the average, 10 hours a week of podcasts. And, uh, and podcasts are an amazing thing. It's like information is given to you. you you've probably learned so much from the podcast that you've listened to over the years. Uh, but it can be a dangerous thing, even though it's a very cool invention. Like you can learn tons from, about the Bible through podcasts. But I want you to beware. Here's just a warning that I have for you. Beware of wisdom that you didn't earn. Beware of the wisdom that you didn't earn. Here's what I mean by that. Wisdom, as portrayed in the Bible, is something that you do. It's something that you act upon. Knowledge that I've gone and taken into the world in action in my life. Wisdom or information that I just stockpile in my head, that I hoard in my mind, is not wisdom. That, that's a foolish thing to do. And, and if we're partaking in 10 hours of podcasts a week, that is, like, that is nearly impossible to go and practice throughout your week. So get on a low-information diet. Limit yourself. James 1.22, it says this, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Like I, I think a lot of us listen to podcasts. We're, we're hearers of sermons, but we're not doers of what they say in the sermon. Suppose you listen to, to one of your favorite pastors. Maybe you, you loved Brian Loritz last night. I, I thought that was an amazing sermon he gave last night. So maybe you're like, I'm going to go binge listen to Brian Loritz. Well, here's something to keep in mind. Brian Loritz, when he, when he created that sermon, at the very least, he spent like 20, upwards of 100 hours of study, meditation, and practice of the things that he taught last night. And, and I would say probably even more hours than that. 20 to 100 hours of study and intentional action doing those things where we'll listen to that, we'll pop in our AirPods, put it on 1.5 speed, and then we're done. We consumed it, it feels like I just accomplished something, I learned something cool, but I've done nothing to actually gain in my spiritual life. Proverbs says wisdom is something to be lived. So beware of the wisdom that you didn't earn. And don't avoid podcasts altogether. It's like there's some good stuff out there, but limit yourself. Next thing, unfollow people who make you feel sad, empty, jealous, or make you lust, etc. Anything that is negative, unfollow those people. And, and if you feel yourself in a rut in any type of social media where it's like, man, this, is, this always leaves me empty, consider deleting the app. It's like I, I, I've got several friends, college friends, who they go seasons where they delete Instagram. They delete TikTok. They delete these apps that leave them feeling empty where they're, they're comparing themselves to other people. Consider unfollowing or even deleting those apps. Third one, kill the buzz. Kill the buzz. Turn off notifications on your apps uh, and badges. Don't let, let those little circles with numbers on there pile up on you. Turn all of them off, and, and that sounds crazy. But look back at that number on your, your pickups, like daily pickups, like if you're like me, I think I have 88 average daily pickups. So that means I will approximately go 10 minutes. Every 10 minutes, I'm checking my phone. 
It's like I'm not going to be that far behind if I don't get a notification, if I don't get the buzz on my phone. So I, I've turned off all notifications, and I don't miss stuff. I just don't. You're not, like you. You're so addicted to your phone. You're not going to miss any any notification or any text, any group me, any post. Like you will see it, but it won't distract you in the moment from what you're doing. But turn off notifications and badges for every app except for uh, phone calls. But I, I'm saying including text messages. You will see them. And then lastly, parent your iPhone and yourself. Parent your iPhone and yourself. And so here's what I mean by this. I want you to begin setting a bedtime and wake time for both your yourself and your phone. A bedtime and a wake time for, for your phone and yourself. So you need to have a rule of a regular bedtime for yourself. And, and that's difficult in college, but just have a rule. And you can have exceptions. It's like there's party nights. If you live in a fraternity house, it's like, yeah, right. It, you want to go to bed at 11. That's just, that's not happening. Uh, but make it the rule that, hey, I wake up at, or I go to sleep at 11 or midnight, and I wake up at, at 7 or 8 in the morning every single day uh, just to get yourself in a good rhythm of life. But also, uh, you need to do this for your phone. Have a regular bedtime for your phone that is before your bedtime. And, and put it to bed. That, that bed for your phone needs to be not in your bedroom. So it's like my, my phone's bed is on the bookshelf out in the living room. I plug it up about an hour before I'm going to sleep. Uh, and then it's wake-up time. It needs to be about 30 minutes to an hour after you've woken up so it doesn't distract you from the most important time in your day where you can actually connect with God. So this creates an issue for most people. It's like if, if my my phone has a bed that is not in my bed or next to my bed. How do I wake up? Like, I, how am I going to wake up? I've got no alarm clock. It's like, crazy thing, there's actual alarm clocks out there. You can go buy an alarm clock from Walmart, Amazon, whatever. They, they'll ship it to you. Like, you, you've got no, no, um, nothing between you and that alarm clock. I personally use an Alexa as my alarm clock. sits in my room, and, and she wakes me up every morning. Um, but yeah, set a bedtime and a wake time for your phone and yourself. And make that, that phone have a bed that is not in your bedroom. The studies show that having your phone inside your room when you sleep skyrockets your anxiety, depression, stress. So get that phone out of your bedroom while you sleep. And get yourself an alarm clock. Next thing, Bible before phone. Let's see. There it is, Bible before phone. So uh, for centuries, Christians, they would wake up, and the first thing they would do is they would, they would read their Bible, they would pray, they would meditate. Now we look at our phone, we stare, we catch up on our, uh, on our social media. We, we do things that are mindless and aren't actually making traction of, that, of leading us to who we want to become. Okay, next thing, set up screen time. Set up screen time limits on your phone. And, and this will be crazy, but I've done it. I know a lot of people that do it. Make your roommate the one who has the passcode so you can't bypass it. Uh, set up screen time limits for yourself. Uh, and on apps, it's like you need, uh, in my, my neighborhood, I hate these things, but like the speed bumps, 
in my neighborhood. It's like, I, I want to fly down my street, even though I've got kids. And I'm like, I don't want other people driving fast, but I want to drive fast through my neighborhood. And those speed bumps, they, they make me drive like five miles an hour over them. Um, and you need speed bumps in your life so you don't just fly through um, fly through the limits that you've set on yourself. You're like, I've got to limit myself to, to 30 minutes a day or an hour a day on Instagram. Set yourself a limit, a screen time limit, and then make your roommate the one with the password. So if you're like, hey, I'm, I've like got to make this post, well, they can, they can unlock it real quick for you, give you five more minutes, and then it'll lock back down. That'll be a speed bump for you in your life. And then make, make no phone zones. Make no phone zones. So uh, during meals, meals are supposed to be communal, where you, you connect with other people. But all too often, when I'm in the cafeteria, when I'm at restaurants, all I see is a, a group of people, highly social people, eating their food, all staring at their phone and talking to people that are not there at the table with them. Like it, it's a fascinating social thing that it goes on now. Make, make the mealtime, make, make the table a place that phones are not allowed at and engage with relationships that are right in front of you. And then again, I already mentioned this, but your phone shouldn't be allowed in your bedroom. Like make that for sleep. And then uh, you know, make a, a no phone zone for uh, really while you're sleeping. Like, don't look at your phone. That, that's awful for your, your mental health. Um, again, studies have shown that over and over again. And um, real quick, I want you to go back through this. Look through these, these practices, these digital rule of life, and I want you to talk with the people around you. Which ones you want to actually take action on? Which rules will be most difficult for you to start and why? And then which rule do you need to actually begin starting in your life? Right, I want to I want to bring us back to remember our aim, what what we're aiming at. Really, it's Christ likeness. We want to become more like Christ, and so uh, I really do hope that you will begin taking some actions that are traction, becoming more like Christ, and and that you would realize that hey, this thing is an incredible tool that you can use to grow in godliness. I've memorized scripture on this thing. I've listened to the Bible on this thing. I've, I've read the Bible on this thing. I've meditated on it. I, I have a prayer app on here. You can have actions of traction that are, are actually going through your phone, but there's a lot of things that are moving you away from the person you want to become. So I pray that you would actually take some steps this, uh, this upcoming semester for that. Let me pray for us. We'll get out of here. God, I'm thankful for all these people in here and, and that they're willing to admit that, gosh, we need help in this area, and it is difficult. To, to parent my phone and, and myself and, and get a grip on my digital media intake. And so, Lord, pray that you'd all, uh, you give all these people grace and grit as they pursue after a healthy way with their phone uh, and that they would reap a reward uh, in their, their walk with you. In your name I pray, amen. All right, we got our next breakout. See y'all.